This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode 314. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on bonus episode 314, we are going to collate, collaborate and disseminate your lists of your favourite horror movies of 2020. I'm also going to bring the thunder and bring my top five least favourite horror watches to the show as well. So just up front I want to thank everyone who took the time to jot down their movies, list them out, send them through. Now some people have sent top fives, some people have sent top tens, some people went beyond that. To be honest I'm glad that you spent time doing it anyway, it makes me fucking happy. And it will make this show a lot of fun to go through your list. So you'll be hearing those lists after the first break. Let's catch up to where we are in this week of podcasting. This is your third episode this week. On Monday, we dropped the first of a six-part series looking at the Forgotten Jally box sets. On Tuesday, you got a very special review and interview with Stephen Kostansky, director of Psycho Gorman, which drops this Friday, so drops tomorrow. Do not sleep on that title. Get it checked out. Ton of fucking fun. Uh, obviously, you have this episode today. On Saturday, you're getting a bonus review of a Shudder title called Fingers. And on Sunday, 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 it's the 88 Films Slasher Classic Collection. We are looking at this number 39, a little movie called Popcorn. And that is you, all up to date. Ooh, doesn't it feel good to be up to date? Yes, it does. That's the answer to that question. Yes, it does, Duncan. So let's take a short break. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. When I return, I'm going to be counting down your lists, telling you what you, the listeners, thought of 2020's roster of movies. Let's see if we can find commonality. Let's see if we can find any hidden gems. And let's see if we can find some opinions out there that are just plain wrong. You will find out them, plus my least favourite five horror movies from last year, after this. This is a test of the emergency podcasting system. Listen to the Psychosemantic Podcast. Politics, movies, and political movies. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, legionpodcasts.com, the Psychosemantic Podcast. And welcome back. So here we go. This is the lists that you sent in. Like I say, some people submitted five, some people submitted less, some people just dropped by to say hello, some people submitted more, some people included their worst viewings of the year as well, and we're going to get to all of that in this segment. Up first, via Facebook, our good friend Matt Drew. He says, hi Duncan, not got a five for 2020, but if a three counts, then host the Invisible Man and Freaky for sure. But then he messaged right back and he was like, you know what, actually, screw that. Add colour out of space and underwater. Forgot that the former and the latter sneaks in just because having the balls to do that in the last two minutes. To be honest, if you were in the UK, both the colour out of space and underwater were 2020 releases. I know they were released in America 2019, I want to say, but they're 2020 over here. So as far as I'm concerned, your titles count. So your five were The Host, Invisible Man, Freaky, Colour Out of Space and Underwater. That is a pretty peachy list, Matt Drew. Thank you very much for your submission. Up next, via Facebook and submitting in his letterbox list. I love it when they come in via letterbox because you know what? I get to see in order with coloured pictures and that makes me happy. Sean Clump sent his in and it looks a little something like this. At number 12, 
The Invisible Man. At number 11, Underwater. Number 10 is Come to Daddy. 9 is Vivarium. 8 is The Lodge. 7, The Colour Out of Space. 6, Metamorphosis, which is a movie I am unfamiliar with, so you put that on my radar. 5 was Hunter Hunter. 4, The Dark and the Wicked. 3, Possessor. 2, The Call. And 1, Monstrum. So I have not seen The Call and Metamorphosis from your list, so I will mark them down as movies I should check out. Um, hopefully they are available in the UK. Thank you very much, Sean, for submitting that list in. Like I say, always love it. And you guys can do the same next year. If you've got something on Letterbox, you're charting your movies there, just take a screen grab, send it in, and I will pick it up from there. Also via Facebook, our good friend and contributor to the summer series and host of Kill the Cast is Jerry Herring. His movies in reverse order. Number five, Blood Quantum. Number four, Wolf of Snow Hollow. Number three, The Dark and the Wicked. Number two, The Cleansing Hour. And number one, Spree. Thank you very much for submitting that in, Jerry. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Looking forward to the bants this year as we go at it toe-to-toe and hopefully cock-to-cock when we cover another summer series. Coming in hard via Facebook is our good buddy Will who says, Happy New Year, Duncan, and all the listeners. I've done a top 25 for 2020 as I realised I had actually seen 25 new horror films this year. That's pretty amazing for me at the best of times, but I surprised myself as I've been at work at the NHS mental health team throughout the pandemic, which has been crazy if you pardon the pun. Watching films has been one of my own therapies for dealing with 2020. Despite everything 2020s film-wise, this has ended up, for me, probably being one of the best years for horror. I'd say I loved everything in my top 10 and everything else, at least I liked with the exception of Spiral, which I thought was dug shite. I've also added the top 10 first-time watches of older films, each of which are recommends. I do wonder if, with cinema being impacted, we might start seeing more lower-budget films and horror will continue to thrive. Hope you and everyone in the group has a good 2021 and now on to the list. So in reverse order we have at number 25 Spiral which Will said was Doug Shite. 24 Vampires vs The Bronx. 23 was Hubie Halloween. 22 The Wretched. 21 was Z. And number 20 The Cleansing Hour. 19 The Wolf of Snow Hollow. 18 was The Grudge. 17, Fantasy Island. I did not like that movie, Will. 16 was The Hunt. 15 was Spree. 14 was Spudnik. 13 was Underwater. 12 was The Witches. And 11 was ICU, which means Will's top 10 goes a little something like this. At number 10, The Lodge. Number 9, The Invisible Man. Number 8, The Rental. Number seven, The Mortuary Collection. Number six, The Dark and the Wicked. Number five, Freaky. Number four, Run. Number three was Host. Number two was Gretel and Hansel, which means number one on his list was Possessor. As a pretty banging 10 if ever there was one. Thank you very much, Will, for submitting your list in. If we look to your older films, though, and these were first-time watches for Will. They Look Like People, which I love. The Siren, which was directed by the dude that did They Look Like People. Therapy. Blue Ruin, which my love for that movie knows no bounds. Found Footage. Pontypool. Requiem for a Dream. I can't imagine that would have helped your demeanour watching that movie. That's bleak. Uh, the Black Death, Dead Shack, and Random Acts of Violence. It looks like your Shudder subscription was paying dividends, my friend. Thank you very much, Will, for submitting in your list. And coming in next, also from the Facebook page, we have Tom Brooker. This is his list. His top 10 in reverse order starts at number 10, The Invisible Man. Number 9, The Mortuary Collection. Number 8, The Beach House. Number 7, Host. Number 6, His House. Number 5, The Platform. 4 is Monstrum. 3 is Vast of Night. 
two is Possessor and number one is a movie that asks you if you like its lobster. It is of course The Lighthouse. Tom, that is a bitch list, my friend. Love it. Love it. Thank you very much for submitting yours in. Next, also from the Facebook, is Matt Wood. Matt Wood says, Hi, Duncan. Happy New Year. Here is my top 10 and bottom 5 from the 76 2020 films watched last year. Let's do them in reverse order. Number 10, Don't Listen. Number 9, The Rental. Number 8, VFW. Number 7, Come to Daddy. Number 6, Becky. Number 5, The Hunt. Number four, Colour Out of Space. Number three, Platform. Number two, Host. And number one, no surprise to anyone because he's been banging on about it for months, Possessor. He says, honourable mentions that didn't quite make the list were Siren, The Lodge, Horse Girl and Spree. I fucking loved that Horse Girl movie. I really, really did. It sticks with you. I was thinking about it for days afterwards. His bottom five were, at number five, The Remains. At number four, Get Duked. Number three, The Wind Walkers. Number two, Evil Eye. And number one, The Vast of Night. Matt, it does my heart no good to see The Vast of Night on a bottom of list of viewing. Because um, I think it's, for what it does, I think it's fucking great. Uh, I just don't consider it a horror movie. Um, which is why it's not on my list at all. Thank you very much for submitting that in. Um, and uh, yeah, um, keep contributing to the show and keep watching movies. So much stuff coming out and you won't have that long to wait for St. Maud, uh, which gets released in the UK next month. So you'll be able to finally tick that one off your list because I know you've been very keen after all the bigging up that me, Scott and Liam have been doing of that movie since March, he says, question mark. Uh, right, let's continue on. Uh, Jamie McCauley let's do his uh, Jamie submitted a list and then realised he had more time so then resubmitted a list which I like and then started putting in demands because Jamie's a bit of a diva that way uh, so <laughs> um, I'll read his last message which is I don't want to redo the list again <laughs> so can you add as an honourable mention the Coco D Coco Da that movie kept me hooked from start to finish and stayed with me for a good while afterwards. If I'd remembered it in time, it would have been my number 10. But since it's not there, I feel it deserves a mention. I've done my due diligence. I've done my obligations. I've mentioned it on your behalf. Let's do Jamie's top 10 in reverse. At number 10, The Colour Out of Space. Nick Cage, Richard Stanley, Lovecraft. This was always guaranteed to be out there experience. It didn't disappoint and continued the run of Nick Cage in interesting horror movies. At number 9, The Invisible Man. I expected nothing from this film. The trailer looked okay, but also looked like it could be another Hollow Man and a bit of a rape fest. Thankfully, it was not. What we got was a very cool modernisation of the classic novel filled with tension and dread, with great effects that made this a surprise hit for me. And number 8, After Midnight. I watched this days ago, but this is 100% one I'll go back to and it's one that I uh, watched, one that I wish I'd watched sooner and went back for a second watch is it because it'd easily been higher. Very clever movie, keeps you thinking all the way. At number seven, Host. Big time scares from a small time budget. This movie made me jump more times in its short run time than most bigger budget movies with jump scares that were earned and didn't use a string section burst to get them. Fuck you, Wanniverse. Number six, The Mortuary Collection. Best anthology ever. Yes, people will have favourites, but in my opinion, this is the most complete package where all the shorts were as well made as each other. It's on Shudder at the moment, and I'm hoping for a physical release sometime in the future. Number five, anything for Jackson. Shudder continued the trend of knocking it out of the park with their exclusives. When this started, I thought it was going to be a very predictable movie. I was so glad to be wrong, and I loved this movie for keeping me on my toes all the way throughout. And number four, Zombie for Sale, another phenomenal Korean movie. This was an absolute riot in the cinema and it held well on the second watch on the Arrow release. This is one I can see becoming a regularly watched movie for me. 
Number three, Possessor, very late addition to the list, but from the opening scene I was hooked on this. The visuals, score, performances, everything made an exceptional experience and one that will only get better with further viewings. Number two, The Lighthouse. I wish I'd seen this one in the cinema as it deserves to be seen on the big screen. I heard so much praise for this movie before I watched it and it deserves every bit of it. And number one, Saint Maud. Absolute highlight of my first Fright Fest. A powerhouse movie from a first time director and an incredible leading performance by Morfid Clark as Maud. I'm very excited to see what comes next from those involved here. Thank you very much for submitting that in, Jamie. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to, like, that was, it was a transcendial experience sitting in the GFT at Glasgow Fright Fest watching St. Maud and you could hear a fucking pin drop and everyone was just like, what the fuck is going on? It's, uh, it's one of those experiences, maybe my favourite experience watching a Fright Fest movie, if I'm honest. It's one of those ones that definitely, definitely will stay with me for a long time afterwards. So there we go. Uh, right, where are we moving to next? Let's do Justin Alba. He says, is it too late to submit a top 10 for 2020? Justin, for you, we will allow it. That's how I roll. And number 10, After Midnight. Number 9, VFW. Number 8 is Zombie for Sale. Number 7, Anything for Jackson. And number 6, The Invisible Man. And number 5, Spiral. And number 4, The Wretch. Number 3 was The Mortuary Collection. Number 2 was Death of a Vlogger. And number one with a bullet is Synchronic, which has finally got its release. So Synchronic is out at the end of this month, I believe, in the UK. So you will be able to finally check it out. It was supposed to do a cinema run. That's been cancelled. So it's doing a kind of kind of quasi-mini limited theatre experience and on-demand and digital. So if you want to revisit that movie, it should be out there for you to do so at the end of the month. A lot of those movies, Fright Fest ones, Justin, because we met at Fright Fest. And I was incredibly rude to you at first because I was like, all right, hi, thanks. And then I walked away and I was like, what am I doing? Uh, and it was a pleasure meeting you. And th though we will not be meeting at Fright Fest 2021 uh, physically, maybe we'll meet virtually. I've got some ideas of kind of creating like a, a group chat page thing up on Discord and maybe even doing some like uh, discussions, like video chat and stuff like that in between the movies to bring the communal experience together. So... Keep your eyes peeled for that one. If you're if you're buying the movies for it and you're you're intending on attending, so to speak, from your couch, um, keep your eyes peeled for that one because I will be dropping some information real fucking soon on that. Right, let's do the last one from the Facebook group page before we jump across and start doing the emails. This one came in from Kate Pollock. She says, "Okay, so here goes with my top ten. I'll start proper now, so you can actually start to read it out." Uh, I don't know what she means. Uh, I know she deleted a message, so I don't know what was in that, Kate. None of us know. It may have been a nipple. That's all we're saying, right? It may have been, and that's why she deleted it. Uh, it says, Hi, Duncan. Happy New Year to you and everyone under the stairs. My list this year is not what it should be between being a mum, a key worker, and a bunch of life stuff getting in the way, not to mention a ridiculous amount of... 2,000 viewings for the summer series, for which I blame you, Duncan, and that, Kate, I'll be honest with you, is merited. Uh, I haven't got into watching a bunch of movies I wouldn't normally have. For example, you will not see Possessor, Gretel and Hansel, The Lodge, or Saint Maud on my list, though rest assured, if I'd been able to see them, I'm 99% sure they would feature, if not top of my list, but in them for sure. Other notable titles... I wish I could have seen it include Don't Listen, as recommended by Mr. Watson. Holla! Anything for Jackson. Daniel Isn't Real. Swallow. The Mortuary Collection. Underwater. Or Sea Fever. To note some of the more recommended ones. However, I do think I got to see a good mix considering, and they're absolute blinders here, so it's not ended up all that bad. I don't think. Anyway, here we go. At number 10, The Wolf of Snow Hollow, a smart original take on a relatively unsung subgenre. Shout out to the lovely Jamie G. Sammons. It's hilarious and poignant and very well acted. Number 9, Spree, a brilliant satire on the 
influencer generation, wickedly funny, and Joe Keery shines in his performance. Number 8. Zombie for Sale South Korea is nailing the zombie subgenre of late, and this is no exception. It's very funny, very sweet, and I'll never look at cabbage in the same way again. Number 7. Host A perfect example of how to make horror on a budget. Scared me shitless. Number 6. The Hunt A cutthroat look at today's societal politics. Fantastic fight sequences and gore effects, and the first 10 minutes will give you whiplash in the most delightful way. Number 5. VFW This is Green Room meets Assault and Precinct 13 meets Bliss. That don't do it for you, I don't know what else to tell you. Number 4. Snatchers Two words, Vag Cannon Number 3, Coco D, Coco Da. I love the Vag Cannon. Uh, a beautiful fairy tale nightmare deals with the subject of grief with originally poignant and brutality. Genuinely unnerving and heartbreaking. Number 2, Colour Out of Space. Jesus, where to start? The colour palette, the practical gore effects, the score, Nick Cage, the cinematography, HP Lovecraft. Absolutely fantastic. And number 1 on Kate's list is, wait for it. The Lighthouse, a phenomenally made film, fantastically, fantastic acting and all the subtext and metaphor you kind of come to expect from the director and writer of The Witch. Big Eggers does it again, proving he is absolutely one to watch and I cannot wait to see what he brings us next. Outstanding filmmaking. So yeah, that's my top 10. Excited for what 2021 will bring. I just hope I have time to watch a bit more. Thanks very much mate, sorry it's so late but I felt I needed to do a bit more justice. Uh, you've done more than enough in that list, thank you very much Kate. Uh, yeah, welcome to my world, the world of still having to juggle watching all those new movies plus all the old content plus the summer series. Um, this is where insomnia aids, I've always said that. It's good to be an insomniac when you've got plenty of things to get done. So that concludes our Facebook Reviews. Let's jump across to the emails, shall we? So let's do some emails. First one from our good buddy, David Garrett Jr. He says, hey Duncan, just wanted to send over my list for your show. Uh, this is his list from 10 down to 1. At number 10, Relic. At number 9, VFW. Number 8 was The Invisible Man. Number 7 was Golden Glove, which I tried to get, David, and for whatever reason it is not available in the UK, and it made a ton of lists, and I believe it's German, which made me think I should be able to see this movie, but I can't find it fucking anywhere. Uh, number six is The Mortuary Collection. Number five, Don't Listen. Number four, Anything for Jackson. Number three, Motherfucking Possessor. Number two, The Dark and the Wicked. And number one, you were going bleak with this one, and I kind of love it, Dave. You put in The Lodge. Thanks for everything that you do. Looking forward to another year of amazing content. Thank you very much, sir. Um, always great to hear from you. You never let me down. You'd like everything we do, you always submit something in. It's always a pleasure to hear and read what you do send in. Kind of awesome. Right, let's move on to our buddy Tim Walker. Tim says, Dear Duncan and Teapots people, well, 2020 was an interesting year in general and in the world of horror. A lot of movies got pushed back to next year and maybe later because of the pandemic. I got to see quite a few movies, as is often the case, despite having less time this year than I normally would. I think I got to see about 340 or so different 2020 horror film watches. Most were underwhelming, if not garbage, but there were a few solid flicks in there. It never bothers me to pick through the shit to find the gems. Anyway, here's my top 20. I think you do a top 20, right Duncan? I do, so that's fine Tim. And number 20 on your list is Sputnik. Number 19, a VFW. Number 18, Metamorphosis. That's twice that's popped up and I have not seen it, so it's on my list to check out. Uh, number 17, Sea Fever. Number 16, The Beach House. 15, Colour Out of Space. 14, Underwater. 13, Crystallize. Number 12 is Abracadabra. 11, The Platform. Number 10 is Pre. 9, Motel Arcasia. I think that is. 8 was 32, Malasana Street. Number 7, The Soul Collector, a.k.a. 8. Number 6, The Antenna. Number 5, His House. 
4 The Lodge, 3 The Dark and the Wicked, 2 Relic and Tim, does my heart so good to see, number 1 was Gretel and Hansel, that movie is so fucking gorgeous, it hurts my eyes even thinking about it. Tim would go on to say, hopefully we have all salvaged something positive from a rough year, I know I did, personally I found love for the first time, or certainly the first time in a while. I've been a perpetual loner for a long time, so this feels weird to have a girlfriend. She's an absolute sweetheart, and whilst she's not the biggest horror fan in the world, she likes watching them with me. For example, she watched most of my 31 Days of Halloween films with me, and she liked most of them. I think 32 Malasana Street was her favourite, along with Relic. I was worried that that one might hit a little too close to home, since her job is taking care of an elderly woman with dementia, but she really liked it. Anyway, because of her, and in general, I'm hopeful for 2021. Hope everyone out there under the stairs is staying safe and healthy. Good luck and good health this year. Happy New Year and all the best to you, Tim. Congratulations on the girlfriend. And yeah, my wife doesn't watch half of what I watch. Occasionally she'll watch a movie with me. Uh, most of the time she will ask me why I'm making her watch these movies. But yeah, that's that's what it is. It's taken, it's taken a hit in the jaw. I watch Riverdale with her, right, FYI, I kind of secretly love Riverdale, but if anyone asks me out in the streets, ah, Riverdale? Pfft, I watch it with her. Um, and that's the trade-off. It's the yin to the yang. That's how we do things. So let's move on. Andrew Valdez says, it's that time of year again to think about the top horror movies we've seen for the year. So many of us this year relied on VOD or things released from Netflix or Shudder or some other streaming service since theatres were not much of an option. I wonder if that'll make this year's list for us more similar or diverse based off the streaming services we have and perhaps where we live in the world. Number 5 on Andrew's list was Automa aka The Devil's Machine watched this during my 31 of October. Uh, about a 300-year-old clockwork doll. I rather dug the 17th-century Scotland setting in the flashback sequences, and it was an enjoyable watch. It has a very gothic vibe to it, and I enjoyed it. Number four, The Dark Red. This was a su nice surprise of a movie. A young woman is committed to a psychiatric hospital claiming her baby has been stolen by a cult. Only one man believes her and is willing to help her. This movie doesn't have much of an original premise, uh, there is a devil baby, well, more of a satanic cult who wants a baby for ritualistic purposes, but the ending becomes more of an action movie. Number three, Deerskin. I am desperate to see Deerskin. It's not available over here yet. It's a movie from the guy who did Rubber. So, you know, it's going to be odd. About a guy who purchases a deerskin jacket that entices him to kill. First you've got a murderous tyre and now you've got a murderous jacket. It's silly, just not quite as fun as Rubber. Number two was The Invisible Man, certainly one of the best high-profile horror movies of 2020. The use of space, the way you're thinking something is there and moving, and it seems, and it shouldn't, to convey whether or not there's a man there at all, or if it's just the main characters in your head. I love the use of that space, actually. I thought it was really clever. There's a great out-of-nowhere kill that will shock you, and it did shock me as well, Andrew. Even if theatres hadn't closed and several movies pushed to later dates, I think you'd still have found The Invisible Man on a number of top horror movie lists this year. Number one on his list is The Vast of Night. This was the standout movie this year for me. A movie that felt both modern and classic at the same time. Certainly you can watch this movie and it will make you think of Orson Welles broadcasting The War of the Worlds. It will make you think of Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. What makes the movie though are the two leads. Jake Horowitz and Sierra McCormick are outstanding. I'll definitely be watching what they do next um, and, and what, what we find. It just proves that it's always been the case. The best sci-fi is the writing and the human stories and not just the spectacle. Thank you very much, Andrew, for submitting in your list. Let's move on to our buddy Derek. Derek's top 10 looks a little something like this. And number 10 is Uncaged. And number 9, The Beach House. Number 8, Monstrum. Number 7, Colour Out of Space. Number 6 is The Wolf of Snow Hollow. And number 5, Relic. 
At number four, The Dark and the Wicked. Number three was The Platform, The Panacotta is the way. And number two was Metamorphosis, once again appearing on lists. What is this movie and how did I find it? Uh, number one was, and this does my heart good, Derek, and you know it does, Zombie for Sale. You also submitted your bottom five for the year. Your bottom five looked a little something like this. At number five, The Pale Door. Number four, Scare Package. Number three, Fantasy Island. Number two, The Grudge. And number one, a movie that he couldn't even be bothered filming an ending to, so they just finished it in The Turning. Yeah, that was a rough experience. Uh, thank you very much to Derek for submitting that. And, and check out Derek joining me on Monday as we kick off a brand new box set series looking at the William Castle box sets by Indicator, starting off with a little movie called The Tingler. That's right, we're doing some tingling action. We're going to tingle your tangle. I don't know if that's a thing, but maybe it should be. <laughs> right, let's move on. Only a few left. Um, our good buddy Gav Taylor submits his list and he says, Hi Duncan, it's been a pretty crazy year. Even during all our lockdowns, I didn't watch as much as I'd hoped, but I did manage to catch a few gems. Here is my top 10 of the year. Number 10, host. All killer, no filler. Had an amazingly fun time with this one. Number 9, swallow. Utterly engaging and ultimately heartbreaking. Number 8, may the devil take you too. Fantastic sequel to an equally strong original. Number 7, Extraordinary. Very charming and very funny. Borders on the silly, but never oversteps the mark. Number 6, VFW. 90 minutes of pure, gory, veteran ass kicking. Number 5, Invisible Man. Just thoroughly entertaining. Number 4, His House. Very well crafted and some really creepy moments. Number three, The Lighthouse. Outstanding acting, cinematography and overall aesthetic. Breathtaking. Number two, After Midnight. A great depiction of love, life regrets and personal demons. Once again, a fantastic vision from Jeremy Gardner who can do no wrong in my book. Also great to see Henry Zabrowski popping up in a supporting role. And number one on your list... Possessor, hands down the best film of the year, had me hooked from start to finish. Love this man's work so far. Thanks for keeping me sane this year. Your output is always greatly appreciated. Cheers, Gav. Thank you very much, Gav, for submitting that list in. Uh, don't get nearly enough time to interact with you online like I used to, but the fact you're still out there listening to the show and contributing to these end of year lists does my heart good. All the best to you and your lovely family. And the final one here is from our good buddy Matt Jones. He says, hello there, Duncan. At the weekend, I caught up with a handful of 2020 horror watches that I'd missed. And although there's still quite a few that I haven't been able to see yet, such as The Lodge, Relic, and especially Possessor, which while I will have in my hands in a few weeks, there are still plenty of contenders for my top 10 and another great year for the genre. Just missing out on my top 10 were Spontaneous and The Mortuary Collection, but here's the final 10. At number 10, Anything for Jackson. Number 9, We Summon the Darkness. Number 8 was The Wretched. Number 7 was Peninsula. Number 6, Host. Number 5, The Hunt. Number 4, Colour Out of Space. And here we go, the top 3 are all close. But I'm going for, wait for it, Saint Maud at number three, a highly unusual and effective film debut with an impressive central performance by Morfid Clark and an incredibly memorable final scene. Number two, The Lighthouse. Robert Eggers' stunningly filmed character study of loneliness and guilt was brilliant turns from Defoe and Patterson. Like Saint Maud, I'd only seen it once, so it may go up on repeat viewings. Which means number one on Matt Jones' list is, for now anyway, The Invisible Man, which was way better than I originally expected. As Blumhouse, Lee Winnell and the excellent Elizabeth Moss hit it out the park with this smart modern twist on the classic tale. The issues that you had with the final act didn't bother me at all, as I was carried along on this fun and thrilling ride. The issues that he's talking about, just in case anyone hasn't heard that episode, I, for the most part, think The Invisible Man is a great fucking movie, but at the end of the movie, they move into action territory, where the, the, the central Invisible Man appears to have 
some sort of kind of quasi superhuman strength which is not explained and thus pulls me out of the movie but I'm in the minority on that one Matt you like a lot of people are fine with that and I think it's more just something I get hung up with rather than anything else anyway Matt concludes his email by saying so some top films for my ever growing collection in 2020 and I have high hopes for more of the same this year and hopefully soon we'll be able to enjoy some horror back in the cinema again it can't come quickly enough Cheers for another fantastic year under the stairs, bud. Matt Jones. Thank you very much, Matt, for submitting in your list. So that is what you call a fucking deluge of amazing content from listeners all over the world submitting them in. A lot of uh, synchronicity of titles along the lists, a lot of commonality, a lot of titles that I have not heard of before, a lot of them that I wasn't as keen as you guys were and some that you had much higher than I would have but I think it just goes to show that even during a pandemic even when industry of releasing movies and cinemas and all the rest grim to halt there were still hundreds of fucking movies out there and whilst they might not necessarily be catered to your taste they seldom are um, I think what was exciting about it is like everyone's list this year are super diverse like in terms of titles, there's not just, oh well, it's mostly horror comedies this year, it's mostly slashers. It was a good a good grouping of different subgenres all listed together and it's great to see those lists to remind you that the year was pretty fucking strong, all things considered. Don't let anyone tell you that, like, we're, we're going backwards now. I don't think we are, I think we're still on the precipice of really exciting content and all I ever need is those two or three amazing movies a year to keep me going. Horror is still one of the most fantastical genres for, for output and imagination and is evident by the movies that made the lists. That being said, there were some movies that I just downright did not like this year and you're about to hear my five least favourite horror movies of 2020. Strap yourselves in. And let me give you a little clip and I'll follow it right up right after this. So at number five for me is The Pool. This one is available on Shudder. This movie is a movie about a killer crocodile who kills no one. <laughs> no death in this movie, which is like maybe one of the most egregious things to do. It's also a movie that is so terrifyingly bad that the dog in the story commits suicide rather than see the movie to the end. Um, that's usually a good indicator. Now, I know some people have said that this is campy fun and uh, I am taking it far too serious, but trust me, I am not. I just like my killer animal movies to have some death in them. If that is making me a bad person, then ladies and gents, I'm a bad person. What you get here is a overlong, tawdry movie which is not entertaining, is farcical to the extreme... And like I say, contains a killer animal who kills no one. Uh, also didn't like the central character. Thought he was a bit of a prick. So if I'm being honest, there was very little for me to like in this movie. However, there are four more movies that were criminally worse than this. So let's turn our attention to them and to number four. Are you Mrs. Gross? I am. Oh, it's so nice to meet you. And it's just the two of you here? Cleaners and the gardener come in every couple of weeks, but yes, it's just me and Flora while Miles is away at school. And this is where you'll give Flora her lessons. Have you ever been a living governess? No, no, not since the 1800s. <laughs> is that a joke? 
No, no, not a funny one. This is my first live-in job. Ah. Well, I hope you know what you're doing. The children are very special, Kate. They're thoroughbreds. Now, come along. At number four on the list, uh, this was a cinema visit. This is The Turning. I had to fight and mentally to try and work out here whether The Turning was going to be on the top five least favourites or Fantasy Island was. And I think Fantasy Island has slightly more kitsch value than The Turning, a movie which is rumoured to have went through several rewrites and been in development hell for quite some time. Is another attempt at doing The Turn of the Screw. Um, it's bad. It's really, really, really fucking bad. I, I mean, we'll get to its biggest crime in a second. Um, it's really disjointed. It isn't particularly well acted. It isn't particularly well put together. It almost telegraphs its scares when they do happen. It labours over things that aren't scary. And then we come to the ultimate reason this movie's in the top five least favourite horror movies of the year is the end and it's a fucking mess um, they don't know what they're they, they kind of cold close this movie after a, re a reveal that doesn't make any fucking sense and then they're just like well credits and I'm like what? no um, yeah I, I get the feeling this one came out in February it was late January sorry early February I get a feeling that the studio just had to dump it out there to hopefully make some money and, you know, had this been delayed a couple of months, it would have definitely been on a streaming site. There's no way they would have held on to this for a cinema release post-COVID. No chance at all. Yeah, it's bad. It's really, really bad. One of the worst endings I've seen in a horror movie this year, only to be beaten by the movie at number three, which has the worst ending, or the worst reveal, so to speak, of a horror movie in 2020. You'll find out what that movie is right after this. Enjoy your dinner. Uh, no, 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 no. Sorry, I think what my friend is trying to say is that... Actually, babe, I got it. This table is 100% not acceptable, and I think that you know that, don't you? Um, Becky. Um, mm -hmm. Listen, I'm actually not going to go back and forth with you about exactly why this table is unacceptable. You're going to seat us over there. Oh, um... Thank you so much, Rebecca. You're doing great. <laughs> oh, get your assist. They're called Cassidy. No, this is good. Yeah, well, then you're welcome. Number three in the list is Antebellum. This is anticlimactic and, um, yeah, made me want to anti-vax the people that made it and put them in the middle of a measle-infested den. There we go. I've got all off my chest. This movie, by the way, like, annoyed me to levels I didn't think I could get annoyed by modern movies. Um... It's marketing campaign, and that's not where I'm going to like take issue with because I don't mind movies kind of falsely advertising themselves because uh, I believe that uh, trailers are marketing tools anyway and you should never take them at face value. But Antebellum puts itself forward as this kind of M. Night Shyamalan sort of almost lost TV show play on parallel time or time travel. Um, and it isn't anything like that. It's a movie that clearly wants to play in the same pool as movies like Get Out and Us, but doesn't have the maturity or the understanding of the subject matter, specifically that of kind of racial inequality or Black Lives Matter, that you should to tackle something like this. It kind of feels like, you know, a toddler trying to explain racism in a crayon painting. Um, that is literally what this movie is. It is one of the worst endings I've seen in a horror movie in a long time and spends far too long, approximately 25 minutes at the beginning, showing you some of the most uncomfortable acts of, of um, violence and slavery that I have seen in a movie in many fucking years, which isn't a movie set in a period setting specifically to deliver that 
Nendon is so dumb it gave me Forrest Whitaker eye. Um, it's, it's, it's awful. I will not spoil the ending here, but I will encourage you not to spend a fucking penny on this movie. Don't give them anything. Don't look at them. Don't even acknowledge its existence. And maybe, ladies and gentlemen, maybe it'll go away. There were two movies above this, though, that were worse. I suppose we need to talk about Shudder, who did so much right this year, but did one thing wrong. And the horror community slash journalists out there that maybe perpetuated a lie that this movie was anything other than what it actually is, which is fucking shite. You'll find out what the movie is at number two right after this. Hi, I'm hunting a creature, well, a man. Maybe you've seen him? He's about yay tall. He might be changing into something. Why are you down there? Oh, did you lose your contact? Ooh, that's not... Beating me with my own leg! Now he's beating me with both my legs! I just signed up for a marathon! And number two, Scare Package, which is available on Shudder. Don't fucking watch it. Uh, This movie clearly has a lot of filmmakers involved with the project and clearly those filmmakers have a lot of friends that work in the industry because literally on the run-up to this, and trust me, according to things like Rotten Tomatoes, this is one of the highest ranked horror movies of the year and I don't know why. I literally know no one that likes this. Like, I have not come across anyone that liked it. I've not come across anyone that has had one positive thing to say about it. If, in a world where the Mortuary Collection is the best anthology of the year, nay, maybe the last 20 years, Scare Package could quite possibly be the worst. Um, It has a tangential Lincoln story, which is shit. Uh, It plays on 80s nostalgia in a way which is eye-rolling. It tries to be funny and isn't. The practical effects are okay to an extent, but I think they thought that's what would gain them good graces. In the wrong fucking audience, scare package. Um, it's it's the answer to the question when someone says to you, oh, you like horror movies, it's all that shit that, oh, all this and blood everywhere. Oh. Um, what they're talking about is scare package, and it's difficult to defend the genre when movies like this exist. Uh, yeah, it's fucking awful. Don't watch it. Please, don't watch it. Um, you've paid for your Shudder subscription. Even if you watched everything on Shudder and you're like, I'm paying for this motherfucker, still don't watch Scare Package. Leave it off your list. Oh, I felt good to get that one off my chest. There was one movie worse than this. It was a festival experience for me. It was at Fright Fest. It's a movie which is based up, and I found out this after the fact, by two or three shorts which have been available for years on YouTube that were apparently just licensed to fill it up. Um, hear this clip and then hear me rant about what was my least favourite horror movie of 2020 right after this. I'm Rod Wilson. Welcome to Nightmare Radio, where the horror story never ends. Coming back to I'd like to remind you, dear listeners, that I am always here to listen to you, waiting for you to share your supernatural experience. And it was always going to be number one on my list, of least favourite watches. Uh, this one was originally scheduled to close out Fright Fest. Now, Typically, the movie that is selected to close out, as in the last movie of Fright Fest Glasgow, is never good. Uh, It's usually put there for the hardcore, and most people leave before the end, before that last movie. It plays very late, and it tends to be one of the dumb ones. Um, Due to some technical difficulties they were having, they swapped some things around, and this movie became essentially the first movie of the second day. And it was an anthology, and it's called A Night of Horror Nightmare Radio. This movie is fucking awful. Now, there's a couple of things that did not aid the experience. Let me get comfy in my chair and tell you. One thing that did not aid 
the viewing experience was that two of the shorts in this were foreign and the subtitles didn't work on the version of the movie that was playing. So Scott, of Scott and Liam fame, who speaks some Spanish, was translating the Spanish for us in Scott fashion, where some of it made sense, some of it didn't. Um, the three of the shorts just felt very kind of generic and run in the mill. And then Scott told us later on, and our buddy George Cook, who was there, who listens to the show, also told us that these are long-standing shorts that have existed on YouTube for a while. So just clobbered under this to be released. The central DJ character, who's our you know radio DJ cryptkeeper, so to speak, is just thoroughly unlikable, very monotone. I think he was trying to go for the whole Welcome to Nightdale vibe. Um, it didn't work. It was actually rather off-putting. Uh, it didn't really climax to anything. All the shorts felt shit. And the ending was awful. Like, the end of it was fucking awful. Uh, is the I, I don't often say, well, that's, you know, an hour and three quarters of my life, I'm never getting back. But this is one of them. And I didn't walk out of it, and I wish I had. I know uh, Liam did, uh, and Scott did for a bit, and I should have as well. I, I don't like to generally walk out of movies, and this is the first movie in a long time when I've come close to it. Like, literally felt myself going, you know what, fuck this movie. Fuck it up the ass. Yeah, A Night of Horror, Nightmare Radio, not worth the digital airspace or server space that it exists on to watch a void like the fucking plague. So there we go. In reverse order, number five, The Pool. Number four, The Turning. Number three, Antebellum. Number two, Scare Package. And number one, with a fucking stake through the heart, A Night of Horror, Nightmare Radio. I'm going to take my final break when I come back and close the show right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. Ladies and gents, this has been for you. Bonus episode 314 with your lists of your favourite horror movies of 2020. Some people put in their least favourite, and as a little treat, you got my five least favourite horror watches of 2020. By God! were those some bad movies but some awesome movies on your list thank you very much to everyone who submitted on a list you've made this show a ton of fucking fun here's to 2021 and everything that it brings us hopefully a whole year of supreme horror I'm very much looking forward to all of it there's a multitude of ways to check out the show. Whatever you're listening to right now, hit subscribe. That way you never miss any content released from Under the Stairs. You also get access to the entire back catalogue of over 800 episodes for your listening pleasure. Subscribe to the Teapots Collective. It is the sister feed to this show, which means you get access to Opera Omnia, where to begin with, a little bit of Doing the Nasty, and of course, Chronicle Podcasts, all free, right at your fingertips. Supporting those shows are hugely important to me especially into this year and the best way to do that is to hit subscribe visit the website it's teapotscast.com or merch page is teapotscast.bigcartel.com you can visit us on facebook facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapotscast how about checking out the teapots collective on facebook facebook.com forward slash teapotscast you can jump across and interact with myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media sexiness, Instagram and Twitter, both can be followed at TeapotsCast. The podcast under the stairs will return for you this Saturday with a bonus review of The Shudder outing the exclusive Fingers. But until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off. <laughs>